When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Canty and Carlin. An eventful day to say the least. A lot to get into around Deshaun Watson and really what transpires over the next 48 to 72 hours with the NFL and how they choose to proceed moving forward. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Chris Carlin with Nick Friedel in today. Or Mr. Canty, Nick, thanks for coming in. What's up, man? Always, my man. Let's uh, let's get it rolling. Well, there's plenty to get into. And that, of course, the news earlier today that you just heard that Deshaun Watson, it was ruled by Judge Sue Robinson, uh, has been suspended for six games in the league. That's her uh, recommendation of punishment. The NFL has got 72 hours, three days, to decide whether or not they want to appeal that if they do it goes to Roger Goodell, and he can decide to rule on it himself or to put somebody else in charge of it. It's 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 just such a strange situation the way it is all played out. And I think the best thing to do to to start is just to get the perspective of Kimberly Martin, who probably put it best earlier today. Here's the ESPN NFL reporter. No one's happy with this right now, it seems like. That's what's that's what's so fascinating about it. There's a lot of emotions running through, not just Deshaun's camp, but within the Browns building, fans, male, female, doesn't matter. There's just a lot to take in and a lot to process. And where you have two grand juries that, that decline to indict on criminal charges and you have this ruling, I don't think anyone feels as though there's resolution, even though as reporters... We have been waiting for this day. And as somebody who just came back from a week in Cleveland, this was supposed to be resolution, but it just feels like we're arbiting the the whole situation from an emotional and intellectual standpoint all day. So, Nick, here we are. And the decision was made by Sue Robinson based on precedent of other disciplines in the past handed down by the league. It just all the way around feels very convoluted as to how we got here, and as you heard Kimberly Martin say, nobody's happy about it. I I think it's too little. I was surprised by it. What's your take on it? So was I. And Chris, you got the feeling throughout this entire investigation and and through what Sue Robinson was going through as she was filing a report that she was going to be the one to set the new president. And now all of a sudden it kind of feels when you when you see the way she went about it, and I think This, having gone through the report just before we started here, this was one of the more intriguing passages to me. This is Sue Robinson. Quote, it is inherently unfair to identify conduct as prohibited only after the conduct has been committed, just as it is inherently unjust to change the penalties for such conduct after the fact. Reading through this, it was a very clear message from Sue Robinson. The NFL just can't make up the rules as they go along. They can't decide one thing after the fact and try to make it go a certain way. But certainly, as a fan and having watched this saga play out for 
over the last couple of years, you're thinking, okay, well, she's going to be the one to set a new tone. And it feels like she was just kind of trying to find a middle ground that, as Kimberly pointed out there, nobody seems to think she found in the moment. Yeah, and, and listen, we're going to get a little more context on this in five minutes when Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, is going to join us. He, of course, had the news uh, broken earlier today. But with that all as the backdrop, if you're the league you have been pushing all along, or at least publicly making sure people know that you have been pushing all along for a stronger suspension, this feels like it is a can't-win situation here moving forward. If you decide, all right, we're not going to um, appeal this, we're going to let the six games go, you're going to have a lot of people upset about it. And I, I think what's interesting about that is they probably thought they'd have a day or two to figure out how upset people were and or are about this right now. But really, maybe some of the outrage is going to come after they make their decision. And then if they do pursue it, you're looking at this being a story for maybe a whole nother calendar year at least. You would think the last thing, Chris, that the NFL wants is to continue to put this in the news cycle. There's got to be people in that building who are saying, ah, let's just put this thing away. He's gone for six weeks. Everybody feels like something uh, was accomplished in the sense that he has to serve this suspension, but it does feel like the NFL is damned if they do and damned if they don't. Because if they don't appeal and they just say, ah, everything's good the way it came across, we look, we look would have liked more, but this is what it is, you know people are going to come around and say, ah, the NFL, once again, just doing enough to satiate the public outcry and everybody will move forward. Now, the real other part of this, too, to remember is that not all 24 claims were considered in this. People need to understand that. There were only five cases that were put forward by the NFL. They had investigated Somewhere in the neighborhood of half of them were uh, alleged victims were willing to cooperate with them. And they took, from my understanding and talking to people today, the five strongest cases that they felt like they had. And then one of them, Sue Robinson, knocked out from consideration, not sure why that happened. So this punishment is based only off of four uh, individuals who have alleged the behavior against Deshaun Watson. Nick, look, just when it boils down to it, the league can't proceed as if we just need to get this off our plate right now because the bigger issue is just looking more and more hypocritical when you're going to come around to October and it's going to be Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And, yes. you know, and it, you have all of the different initiatives that you take forward. And the league has gone out of their way over the last few years to show how much they care about women after everything that they have gone through before. And they wanted to take this all off of their plate. You can't do that. You can't just for convenience sake rely on apathy, even though it's it's a pretty reliable thing right now, rely on apathy to just make it all go away. If you're the NFL, that's why, Chris, it feels to me like their hand is almost forced in this. They've got to come out and say, hey, I, this isn't enough. We wanted a year. We made it clear publicly. That was the messaging that came across all along. And so to come out Today and find out, ah, it's six games. I feel like the NFL is sitting there going, we have to do something more. If we don't do something more, 
people are going to say we weren't strong enough where we needed to be. I mean, in the end, what do you think ends up happening in the next couple of days? I, for me, I, I'm really in the I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm trying to go back and forth. I have heard rationale on it back and forth. I've read a little bit of the 15-page report that was released. And I, I honestly don't know, Nick. I, I want to believe they're going to do the right thing, and that is pursue it further. I want to believe that. But when has the NFL ever done the right this thing is the recently? This is the problem. They've lost that benefit of the doubt. And what are they counting on here? They're counting on, I mean, just to make it easy, and I know you've done this too, and I'm curious if it's the same for you. I've talked to a lot of friends who uh, not only are fans, some who cover the league, some who, you know, some who are just big NFL fans, men and women. And I tried to break it down as evenly as possible. How do you feel about this? Most of the, I, I would say most of the men, 75%, are just kind of tired of hearing about it mm-hmm. and are tired of talking about it and are, are tired of the story. And women are ticked off, as you would expect. But my big takeaway with this is always, until men actually care about this, it doesn't necessarily change. So I'm worried that, Apathy is going to kind of carry the day here. That That's what bothers me about it. Because if I were to bet on this, I would bet that the league would just try to be moving on from it. If I were to bet. And I would be with you there in that bet. Yeah. Because the last thing the NFL wants or needs right now is to perpetuate a story that has hung over the league for as long as it has to begin with. And when you said, is the NFL going to do what's right, they've lost that that respect, I feel like. But but to your point, Chris, when I talk to my friends, they're just like, all right, well, he's going to get whatever suspension he gets. Can he still play at the same level we're used to seeing? And until men come out and say, hey, this is a much bigger problem, the NFL is going to see all the cash continue to come in, and they're going to go, all right, this is one of our biggest stars, and the Browns are going to say, hey, we haven't won uh, off and on consistently in a long time, aside from a few years ago. Maybe this guy can finally do it. And I do feel like it's going to get swept away, but this is all part of what the NFL has brought long before this moment. All the cases that came before have led us to this point, and now they've got to pay the price, frankly, publicly for all the missteps they've taken before they got to this moment in time. It's Cantia Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Nick Friedel filling in for Chris Canty today. Chris will call in a little bit later on. We'll get his take on all of this. Now, this is important from Jeff Darlington, who tweeted this a little while ago, including a, a selection from the report that was put out by Sue Robinson. Now, this is Jeff's tweet. Considering appeals must be made based on the evidentiary record within Robinson's findings, the NFL can likely find all it needs within this page from the ruling should they decide to appeal. She doesn't take issue with the league's facts, only its suggested discipline. So nobody is disagreeing on a lot being wrong with this situation. I'm I'm of the of the mindset here at this point where if you're the league do you? This is only going to ever boil down to one thing. 
and that is how is it going to affect them financially? That is Always. all they are Always. thinking about. I mean, we were talk- talking this morning about uh, different aspects of this and how other leagues would handle it, and we'll get into it, but how would the NBA handle it? Well, they'll handle it a lot of different ways, but then they've got the China issue that they mm-hmm. deal with. The NFL has seen this go horribly wrong for them from Ray Rice to all these other kind of thing uh, situations that have happened, and they've tried to kind of rid themselves of this decision-making. So for more perspective right now, we welcome in ESPN senior NFL insider Adam Schefter, who joins us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Adam, it's Chris Carlin. Nick Friedel is in for Chris today. We appreciate the time and a very busy day, I know. So if you can, outline for us where we are at the moment in the league's decision-making over the next 72 hours as to whether or not they're going to appeal the ruling of Judge Robinson? Well, Chris and Nick, that's everything, frankly, right now, right? Like, the NFL basically tried to get out of the discipline business when it appointed Sue L. Robinson, the former federal judge, to hear cases like this, right? The league was moving on, and and so basically – they wanted her to make the decision so that the league, which do criticism in the past um, for going too light or having controversial takes on discipline, they wouldn't have to make decisions like this. Well, guess what? Her first decision in the first big case under the new collective bargaining agreement is one that the league finds itself right in the crosshairs of. Because if the league appeals it, it undermines um, the independent uh, jointly appointed officer that that the NFL and the NFLPA appointed together, and the NFL finds itself right back in the business where Roger Goodell is the appeals officer or his designee is the appeals officer. On the other hand, if you don't challenge it, um, the league is basically giving up on the idea that it felt Deshaun Watson should have been suspended for at least a year. And they're saying that the judge's decision of six games um, – is okay. Now, the judge ruled, oddly enough, in the NFL's favor. Um, she found that uh, Desha- she found enough evidence of sexual assault. She found that uh, Deshaun Watson posed a danger to the woman around him. And she said that he compromised the reputation of himself in the National Football League. But the reason that she didn't suspend him longer, she based it on precedent that the league had sent. Before, uh, there have been 21 six-game suspensions that involve violence. And in the judge's written opinion, this one did not involve violence. And so she was holding up Deshaun Watson to a standard that she believed the league had set in other prior rulings. So yes, on the one hand, the league won, but the league is not happy about the judge's decision. And the league will have to make a determination. Do we want to go back to where we were? with true criticism, or do we want to let this go when we know in the league's mind that they don't feel that justice was done? Adam, to your point in your initial conversations over the last few hours with people in the league office, do you get the sense that the NFL will appeal? I don't know. I don't know. My opinion going in was that they probably wouldn't, but I I don't know how they feel specifically about six games. Um, well, I do know how how they feel. They're, they're, they're angry. Mm. They're angry. 
they believe it should be longer. The question is now whether they can act on that. And, and, and I don't know that anybody can say that. Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider, joining us. One part of this, Adam, that is a little bit confusing is what you were alluding to, that she made the recommendation based on precedent of what the league had done before, and yet here's the league they want to get out of the decision-making business. So isn't it – I don't know how to quite look at that. Should Was the league hoping that they would make – or that she would be making recommendations based on just kind of a new – idea on her own without considering their precedent mm. i don't know what the league thought you know the league presented a case where it felt uh there were enough instances that it had been proven that deshaun watson was guilty of sexual assault now again let's keep in mind here the league did not get to interview all the women that alleged this behavior of Deshaun Watson. It only spoke, it only presented to the judge four women's cases. The four women that the league could speak to, did speak to, would speak to, and that they felt, the league felt, had the most compelling evidence. So those are the only women that the judge based her decision for women's situations. And again, Judge found that Deshaun was guilty of sexual assault, posed a danger, and compromised his own and the league's reputation. Agree with the league. Why wasn't Deshaun Watson fined? That's a question for the judge. I don't know. I mean, I wondered, could the league say, okay, we're going to live with the six-game suspension because of the precedent, but we're going to go back and being that he got such a favorable contract, $230 million guaranteed, and we're going to ask for a fine. Like, when Washington was involved, the culture of the organization, the behavior of people there, they fined Dan Snyder $10 million. So, I, I don't know if the two, qu- two cases equate, but could you go back in a hypothetical way and say, we're going to leave the six games alone, let let everything go on, but we're going to go pursue some of Deshaun Watson's money. Like, could that have? I, I guess the league could consider that. I, I don't know. Adam, uh, two last ones. Um, number one, just lay out for us, if the league does decide to appeal, what does that process uh, look like? And we know it goes to Roger Goodell or his designee, but more specifically, yeah. what that time frame could really look like? And and also from that standpoint, you know, a designee would seem to be just another arm for Roger Goodell to kind of remove himself from it, but maybe he still has influence there. Oh, that's what it seem. Again, the league has three days to make its decision. Uh, the NFL then would have the NFLPA would have two days to respond with briefs. I, I, I don't know. Um, they could try to get a temporary restraining order uh, to keep Sue Robinson as the judge. Uh, it would go on over the course of the season. I think the way it's been explained to me that no matter what. Sean Watson play, misses the first six games. And then if the league pursued an appeal, uh, it's possible that after the sixth game, uh, that's when the NFLPA could argue for irreparable damage and harm. You know, n- honestly, now we're going to areas that I got to be honest with you, I just, I'm not as well versed as I'd like to be. Can I don't you, have great legal expertise. 
in this area. And unfortunately, but, um, none of us are right now, you know, trying yeah. to figure this all out. All right, all right, one last thing, and that is just from talking to people around the league, not just the fact that the league itself is not happy, uh, what has been the reaction from people you've heard from around the league? Well, I think everybody's trying to make sense of it, right? They see all these women who have come forward. They see Deshaun Watson settling 23, the 24 civil suits that are against them, the Texans settling suits that are against them. Um, You're talking about something that's very serious. And you're seeing that the judge agree with the NFL on those fronts. At the same time, uh, the judge is going by the precedent that the league established with other disciplinary forms of behavior and punishments. And so people understand that. And I know people are trotting out Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hawkins. Those are totally separate cases. Uh, this is a part of the personal conduct policy that the judge ruled on. This is, you know, the NFL didn't make this decision. This was not an NFL decision today. This was a Judge Robinson decision today. The NFL suspended Calvin Ridley. The NFL suspended DeAndre Hopkins. There are certain policies in place. Yes, could you argue that the NFL, by its policies and laws, um, basically basically takes gambling or steroid use more seriously? Yeah, you can make that inference. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a case where I think people are trying to figure out how this unfolded the way it did. And there's a lot of confusion and a lot of questions and a lot of strong emotions that surround this decision today. Adam, we appreciate the time and a busy day. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. Joining us, Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin, Nick Friedel in for Chris Canty today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We want to get your take on this. Is it harsh? Is it too harsh? Is it not harsh enough? How do you feel about this? And just generally, should the league appeal it? Want to get your take at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So will the league decide to appeal? We will examine a little bit further as to what's going to go into that decision next. Hit the phone lines, though, on the CC call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Canty and Carlin, Chris Carlin, Nick Friedle on ESPN Radio. Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Continuing coverage all day. More next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or 
your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin. As you would expect, a lot, a lot, a lot of response on a Deshaun Watson ruling from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin, Nick Friedel, uh in for Chris today. Chris is going to join us later on. We're also going to remember Bill Russell later with a couple of guys who know him exceptionally well. The great Patrick Ewing is going to join us in 40 minutes from now. And later in the show, Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe, perhaps nobody knows him better, uh, will join us as well. So we've got a jam-packed show. Let's hit a couple of the calls right away at 888-SAY-ESPN. Nick up next in Reno. He's up on uh, ESPN Radio. Nick, what's going on? How's it going? How's it going today, boys? Good. How you doing, Nick? I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too bad. Actually, I'm I'm waiting for my doctor's appointment to start. But I wanted to call about the whole Deshaun Watson thing, and and it it appalls me. It really does appall me as it's it's a slap in the face for other NFL players who have done less and got more suspension. Um, Calvin Ridley getting the seven the sixteen seventeen game suspension for betting on games he didn't even play in, let alone against his own team. Um, we can go to a different sport, Pete Alonso, for betting against or with his own team getting uh, Pete a Rose, you mean? suspension from the Hall of Fame. Yeah, not yeah, Pete, Pete Alonso. Rose, Pete, Pete Rose. Rose. Let's that, make that sure we get so the right. Yeah, yeah, Pete Rose. Pete Rose. I, yeah. yeah, Pete Rose. Um, I just think it, it, it's a slap in the face for those guys because you're saying that 25 sexual assault allegations is less than betting is, is stuff well, Nick, like that. There, there's, in, a few issues, there's a few issues with everything you're saying. And thanks for the call. We appreciate you checking in. Number one, let's not get into the whataboutism part of this, Nick, because like when we talk about this versus the other suspensions, is it absurd that Calvin Ridley is gone for a year and Deshaun Watson's getting six games? Of course it is. We all know it is. But one doesn't have anything to do with the other, unfortunately. And then secondly, to, to your point, and one thing we're going to have to keep driving home is, guys, this was not based on 24 cases. This was based on four, and they had talked to about 10 or 12 who would talk to the league, and you put your four or five best cases moving forward. The one thing I had worried about, Nick, was that if the league had just put four or five cases in front of her that they felt like, all right, these are good cases, but this will also help expedite the process and get this done sooner rather than later, I would have hated that, and I don't think that would have been out of the realm of possibility. Absolutely. I mean, that Chris, this is – there are so many layers to a conversation like this. What What is interesting to me as we move forward, especially as we talk to callers all across the country here, are people going to 
think less of Deshaun Watson to the point where they're not going to want to watch him anymore? Or once he comes back on the field, are they going to go, oh, well, he's really good at football, and he's still the same player that he used to be, and we just don't really care because he's going to help our team win a lot of games? Yeah, I mean, and that's it's an important point here because we were talking during the break. If I'm a Cleveland Browns fan today, and this is just me, I can't speak for anybody else because I know a lot of other people are going to have this, uh, have different feels on it. I, I'm going to hate rooting for my quarterback. And I actually, personally, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, so I went through this for 10 years. I hated rooting for my team with this particular quarterback because of everything that had happened before. Have you been in that circumstance as a fan before? I have. My team, the team I have loved my entire life, the Chicago Cubs. They acquire Roldis Chapman, and we know his history with domestic violence and the issues that he went through when he was still with the Yankees. I struggled with that deal, Chris, but from a strictly sports standpoint and how he helped the team, the Cubs do not win the 2016 World Series without Chapman. And I can tell you as a fan, every time that I would watch him pitch, I'd go, oh, man, <laughs> this is it's just awkward. So yeah. I can only imagine being a Steelers fan yeah. for the last decade. You're watching Roethlisberger and you're going, uh, do I, like, do I have to cheer? But this is my team, and this is all I have known my whole life is cheering for that team. So as you're watching this Watson saga unfold and you feel like maybe there's some finality today, are you relieved that it's all over, or has it changed your perception of how you'll watch him and your team moving forward? Let's check in with Nick down in Florida up next on ESPN Radio. Nick, what's going on? How you doing, brother? Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Hey, man, I think a lot of people at the beginning thought that it would be between five and seven. I don't think anyone thought it'd be the whole season. I think and, a lot of people um, thought it was going to be the whole season. From the from the beginning, that you might have gotten the sense the last couple of weeks that it might be down to six to eight, something like that. I don't think a lot of people thought five to seven early. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. But I think you're right. Towards the end, as more people started coming out and they started – Hearing more about it, it was more of that five to seven, and I think he's probably lucky at this point. I don't, I don't know that there's going to be an appeal, but I could see maybe a countersuit for part of his contract money. I mean, it's not going to be a countersuit, but it's going to be the league attempting to fine him at that point, and yeah, it's interesting. And I appreciate the call, Nick. Is that going to make a statement if we're talking about financial here? Is that going to make a statement to? People that the league is taking seriously if, hey, he didn't get fined, but we're going to fine him $3 million or something like that. Does that deliver anything? Does that have any teeth to you? It has more than zero, but I don't think it ta- it, it sends that much more of a message. Because in the end, Chris, it's about how much, uh, how much time are you going to be off the football field? And I can only speak for myself and how this built up, but I went six games? for all of what we thought was there. And that's the part, as we go through this conversation throughout the day, I'm sitting here going, wow, it was only six games given the buildup that we all thought was coming once the the finality of, of the announcement became official. 
888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance, Chris Carlin, Nick Friedel, and for Chris Canty today, more on this, more of your reaction to the suspension on Deshaun Watson, but what exactly does the league do to win at this point? We will tell you in moments on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Canty and Carlin. Lost a giant in professional sports and one of the all-time great players, the greatest winner in team sports of all time, and of course a man who had had incredible impact Socially across the country, Bill Russell, who passed away at the age of 88 yesterday. Here's Jeremy Schapp remembering Bill Russell. There isn't anyone here that has had as much fun as I've had in my life. One of my dad's uh, favorite quotes is saying, you know, when he passes away, he's not really sure about heaven. Heaven actually could be a step down for him because for him, heaven was playing for the Boston Celtics. On the cut now to Russell, he's in there. A fall away is good. If winning really is the only thing, Bill Russell stands alone at the pinnacle of American team sports. The epitome of any sports person is to have a chance to play against the best. And the Boston Celtics were the best and greatest sports franchise of all times. And Bill was the hub of that greatness. No one, not Mantle, not Starr, not Jordan, won as often as Russell. He was the ultimate winner, which by some definitions made him the ultimate athlete. He made the shot blocking in art. He was so outstanding and proved that the quickness and finesse and brains was a match for Braun. Russell's brain power was the key to his success. Intellectually curious and fully engaged in the political upheavals of the civil rights era, he was a new kind of sports superstar. His consciousness wasn't confined to the dimensions of the arena. Bill had such integrity in terms of his commitment to what he was doing. His position was always, I'm a total human being, I'm a man who, among other things, plays a great game of basketball. Everybody talks about Muhammad Ali, and Bill Russell belongs right there in the inner sanctum of great black athletes in this country who have, who have taken the, the proper stand. I think I had a lot to do with the respect that athletes are treated with, black and white. 
Bill Russell passed away yesterday at the age of 88, and we are going to have so much more on his passing throughout the course of the show. We will be joined in just a little while, uh, about a half hour from now, by Patrick Ewing, the legendary Nick Center, uh, who had such, uh, who was influenced so much by Bill Russell. And we will also uh, talk to Bob Ryan about Bill Russell's relationship with the city of Boston and him as one of the all-time greats. It just sad his passing yesterday at 88 years of age. Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, Chris Carlin, Nick Friedel filling in today for Mr. Canty. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, Make sure you're protected. Renter's insurance includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote, renter's insurance at progressive.com. You know, Nick, the more and more I think I've been thinking about it, um, I, I do think the way for the league to win at this point, in this instance, is to pursue this further. Because, yes, we're always going to talk about the financial aspect of it. If they pursue it further, are they losing any money anywhere? I don't think they really are. There's certainly nobody who's going to not watch because they're pursuing Deshaun Watson further at this point. From a public relations standpoint, it makes all the sense to pursue it further. And while it may annoy the Players Association that you're going to have Goodell step back in and take the active role in what the punishment is, it was collectively bargained like, you don't have anybody to blame but yourselves for this. And I, I feel like as much as Goodell and the league wanted to get away from it, they did. But they wanted to make sure that they had a fail-safe in case it went the wrong way. And they still could push their point across if they needed it. And, Chris, that's, that's what I feel like the league would be losing is in being able to control the narrative on the field. If you allow that, all right, Judge Robinson, she made her decision, six weeks, it's over and done with. He comes back, he plays. Everybody just kind of moves along. If you perpetuate this and you appeal it, it lives in the news cycle. And if you're the NFL, is it worth that to continue to go through the motions of trying to add more games, add money, possibly uh, a a fine, whatever the, the punishment may be, that's what the internal discussions have to be if I'm the league right now because I get the sense, and we heard from Kimberly Martin earlier, that nobody is happy on any side with any of the things that went down today. Let's hit the calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. Gabe in Ohio up next on ESPN Radio. Gabe, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Great. Uh, just a just a kind of quick. I, I don't want to say statement, but question. Um, so I, obviously, I live in Ohio. I am a diehard Bengals fan, uh, but I have a lot of friends that are Browns fans. And the more and more we discuss this whole Deshaun Watson scenario, um, I keep telling them I think it's going to be a year, twelve games, whatever, et cetera. And uh, they're like, "Oh no, 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 no! I, he only deserves four games, six games." So, um, what would you say to a Browns fan? I guess, uh, in this scenario. Like, they feel very proud of themselves. Uh, what would you guys think? Look, I don't want to ever tell a fan how they should think about a, a, a situation. I just told you what I felt like for the last 10 years rooting for Ben Roethlisberger. I, I didn't actually root for him. I rooted for the team 
And obviously, if he played well, it, it's, it was impossible to reconcile. And as we look on Twitter from Jake Trotter, who's covering the Browns, I mean, fans are absolutely mobbing Deshaun Watson for autographs at, at practice today. And it's not surprising. I mean, I, look, the city of Cleveland, especially in the worst way, just wants to win. And I, I get that. It just, it would actually be the worst way. <laughs> It would be the worst way. <laughs> you know, it really is the worst way. Is that they were from the owner all the way down. I just wherever it gets me is always going to be in the hypocrisy. When when the owners of the Texans come out and say when they settle thirty of the lawsuits and they say we have taken a big step forward and this is a statement for how important women are. St- what statement based on settlements? Are, are you high? <laughs> Honestly. And Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam, how much we care and women are important to us. But we just handed out the single richest contract in the history of the NFL with guaranteed money. It's it's gross. I mean, yeah. frankly, Chris, I, I, even as a fan, I sit there. I loved watching Deshaun Watson play at, at Clemson. I, I enjoyed watching him in Houston. And I'm looking at it going, oh, man. So I can't imagine if you're a Browns fan today – the back-and-forth nature of it. But that is the word. It's hypocrisy. And on so many levels, it's all about wins. It always has been. And it always is going to be. And we will get into the on-field aspect of this and exactly how it's going to affect the Browns and their season. All of that to come on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.